0: Hey, what's up, Brian? Hey, Adam. How's it going? How's it going? Good, good, good. Good, man. Yeah. So, uh, welcome in, everyone. This is Two Cents Sports Talk. I'm your host, Adam Katulak, and here's my co-host, Brian Grumk. Let's get to it, Adam. It's been a while. It's been a little while since we've done one of these, so going to be a little rusty, but let's have some fun I with it. I feel like
1: that's our our common intro now. Hey, Yeah. it's yeah, been a while.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We've gotta fix that. It, we do, we do. At least we have a lot of content to talk about rather than having to stretch it out, right? That's, so fine. That'll That's right.
1: That'll be good. That's right. And you you've been busy with your your big boy job now as of late. Yeah, adjusting to the real world. It's been fun. Yeah. While I'm still a semester away from graduating
0: college. Get, it'll get there. <laughs> You'll get there soon. You'll get there yeah. soon. <clears throat> all right, so let's just hop right in. All right. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, as many of you guys know, the college football playoff starts tomorrow. It's going to be, at first, Notre Dame versus Clemson at AT&T Stadium for the Cotton Bowl, I believe, at 4 o'clock. And then at 8 o'clock, uh, we'll have Oklahoma versus Alabama, another Oklahoma versus an SEC team, um, just like last year, facing in the Capital One Orange Bowl. So, that'll be pretty in- interesting. And I just wanted to start it off with just um, – You know, looking at these three teams, we have three undefeated teams, and Oklahoma made it as the fourth seed, but they beat the team that they've lost to earlier this year, Texas, in their uh, Big 12 championship game. So the four deserving teams, and it's going to be very exciting expecting high scores with the over-unders of 56.5 points for uh, Notre Dame Clemson and 77.5 points for Alabama-Oklahoma. So who knew? They would be expecting Alabama in the shootout, I guess. But let's just get your initial thoughts on the games, Brian, and then uh, we'll just start talking. Let's go. All
1: right. Well, um, I think just like any year, I'm more interested in the, uh, in the matchup that doesn't include Alabama because I usually just write Alabama mm-hmm. off to be in the, in the final, the championship round. But I'm interested to see if Notre Dame's for real. I mean, everyone's been doubting them this year just because, I mean, they're undefeated, but their their stats don't really look all that great in comparison to these other top three teams. So I'm really interested in that Clemson-Notre Dame game, but I don't think it's going to be much of a game. I'd love to see it be a good game, but I think that it's going to be just another Clemson Alabama championship matchup in the end, Adam, honestly. I think that might be four years in a row if that happens. They
0: played last year in the uh, semifinal together, and I think Alabama beat Clemson pretty handily. In a row, Alabama and Clemson playing each other. So that would be interesting to see that happen. If if, if you have Alabama beating Oklahoma, which you – Usually assume they do, which is a safe bet, I guess. But <clears throat> what do you think about the other game, uh, Bama versus Oklahoma? <clears throat> Tigaluvoa versus uh, Kyle Murray, yeah. both Heisman 1 and 2 candidates. So let's see. I'm, I mean, I am that.
1: looking forward to that game, honestly. Um, I mean, like I said, I want to see what Notre Dame is about. So that's why I'm more interested to see how they, mm-hmm. how they show up against Clemson. But I think that Oklahoma-Alabama is going to be a better game as in terms of just product on the field. So I'm excited to see that. I mean, with Oklahoma having the number one offense and Murray, the Heisman winner at quarterback, like who doesn't want to watch them on offense? And then Alabama's Mm -hmm. right up there being the fifth top offense in college football this year as well. And the one thing, though, that, that kills Oklahoma in this game is I was looking at, Uh, I was looking up top offense and defensive ratings. I mean, just a very objective stat Mm -hmm. that you can't read in too much, but I'm trying to be as knowledgeable as you, or up to your par, Adam, because I know you're way above me. But I noticed Mm -hmm. that Oklahoma is 124th ranked defense this year. And that is just completely outside the box. Like Notre Dame is kind of low on some of these but they usually don't fall under, Mm -hmm. like, top 40. That's the one outlier Mm -hmm. within top offense, top defense, and, like, schedule rankings, uh, the toughness rankings, where one of these four teams just falls completely outside of, like, the top 40, and even, in this case, the top 100. So I think that Alabama Mm -hmm. is going to be able to pick them apart on defense in that I mean, it makes sense, like you said, that they would win in a shootout. You know, because um, even though Oklahoma yeah. might be listed as having the better offense, I mean, the the separation between um, offense and defense on both sides of the ball is much greater uh, for the for the Alabama offense and the Oklahoma defense compared to Oklahoma offense and Alabama defense. Mm -hmm. Because Alabama's in at twelve for top ranked defenses. But go ahead. I wanna hear what you have to think on this because I'm I mean I'm not as well versed in college football, to be completely honest. I keep most of my attention in the Mm -hmm. NFL and the NBA. I know that this is your your pride and joy here, Adam. So I wanna I'm eager to hear what you have to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited for both games. Uh, I'm excited to see Notre Dame and Clemson specifically, just because I saw I've uh, I've gone to two pit games this year, and one was Notre Dame and one was Clemson. So it's been really exciting to see you know the two teams that are gonna one of the two is gonna be in the college football championship, and uh, they're gonna be playing each other just to see you know them during the regular season and then battle the same team pit. You know, obviously beat them both times, so that's all right. But uh, it'll be cool to see that. But I'm gonna start with Alabama and Oklahoma, and I think the matchup which is going to be the most exciting is Alabama's defense, which is known for many years to be one of the best defensive, you know, uh, units each and every year versus Oklahoma's high powered offense. That's going to be very interesting. With Kyle Murray winning the Heisman. um, I mean, the big 12 isn't known for their defense. Like you related, you know, Oklahoma is one twenty-four, and there's multiple big 12 defenses that get torn up, but I mean, his stats are very impressive with he has over 4,000 yards passing, 40 touchdowns a seven interception ratio. That's pretty good. And then he's like 71% completion percentage. So he's completely on connecting on most of his passes. And he's also a big time rushing threat, which I think he has, he averages 7.3 yards a carry and he has 892 yards. Like it's just impressive seeing him in 11 touchdowns. So he's impressive all around. Um, some are saying that he might choose football over baseball. Uh I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that makes sense. I don't think his game translates fully to the NFL. But that's yeah, what, another what was time he? we'll talk was, about that later. But the first I think round that, pick,
1: right
0: ninth, ninth Which overall. That's like yeah. You hear about like so.
1: Russell Wilson and uh, and who else was that? Mm-hmm. The uh, Florida State quarterback Jameis Winston. They were they were both drafted in. The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the draft, but I don't think mm-hmm. they were Adam tell me about this but they, they weren't, weren't in the they were first round like that like that's no
0: no they weren't in the first I don't believe they were in the first round I think Wilson went a little bit later to the ra I think I think he went to the Rangers and then um I forget where Jameis Winston went but yeah they were later rounds like this, this is, is unheard he's, of he's he's a huge high you know yeah this is unheard of having like ninth, ninth overall pick that's like you know you're coming out. You're getting a good signing bonus because typically when you're in the minor leagues, if you're not in the early rounds, you're just getting yeah. a decent contract and getting a shot to play in the majors. You know what I mean? You have to work your way up. When you're a first-round pick, you're expected to be in the majors within like three to four years at least. You know, Sometimes right. it's even sooner if you're like Robert Ronald Acuna or someone like and that. You know? I mean, but, if he uh, came out in that NFL, yeah, I mean, he
1: would easily be easily a top-ten draft pick. So he, you don't think so? Oh, I no? don't know. Oh. I don't think so. No, no, no,
0: no. I don't think I don't okay. think his size translates. You know what I mean? Like if you look at the stats and like how he went, without, people are saying like he's gonna be a first or second round pick. I don't, I, biasly I don't. or well not even bias. I just don't think that it will translate. But people are saying oh. he's got he could be a first round pick or a second round pick. And with Herbert being out, I mean there is potential that someone could shoot up like similar to Baker, but he's he's a little shorter than Baker. You know, but he was in the same system, and that's where the NFL is going. So, we, I mean, technically, he could be at a first round picks, especially since Herbert's not coming out. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I see him falling a little okay. further. But people are saying that they could see him going first two rounds. I think Adam Schefter tweeted that out earlier today. So you don't know, you know, especially whenever that's the interesting. draft comes around. I just
1: assumed with um, him winning the Heisman and him being that talented and yet another sport mm-hmm. that, or major league sport that it would just be like, oh, this is a talent that we can't pass up. He's a top 10 pick.
0: And the position yeah. of need which is quarterback yeah. and uh Baker Mayfield showing success translating okay. from the system. A lot of good signs are showing gotcha. there, but I still don't think that I don't I don't think it would uh work, but we we'll talk about that when we get yeah. closer to the draft discussion. Yeah, I
1: I did hear though just but, quickly that he said that he's interested. I mean, of course he's going to say he's interested, but he said that he's like seriously interested in playing both though, which would be cool because our generation hasn't gotten to see that really.
0: No, especially with how, like the talent, yeah. and the skill level has increased. Just, you know, how you really have to choose one sport starting right younger away. ages yeah.
1: and
0: yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be interesting, you know, especially if they overlap a little bit. or If he's like playing in Oakland and he's also I'd, you know I'd maybe love on to that, see it. Um, playing for the Giants or something, you know what I mean? Somewhere yeah. it's like East Coast. But both West Coast, positions, Coast, I feel
1: like you know that overlap would allow me to do it. <laughs> uh, other than well, I guess being a pitcher and a quarterback that could really tear up your arm, but all right. Yeah. So go on. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. All
0: right. <clears throat> You're good. You're good. Um, and then I just want to, uh, yeah. So Oklahoma's high powered offense, they they make up for a lot of the mistakes that their defense has shown being that low rated. So that's going to be very interesting to see how they face Alabama's uh, defense. I think that's the best matchup overall, but, uh, I want to see how also for like on Bama's side, how healthy, uh, Avoa is, you know, as quarterback because he's had an amazing year as well. Thirty-three hundred yards, thirty-seven touchdowns, and four interceptions. That's like highly efficient, you know. What I mean, it's mm-hmm. almost like Pat Mahomes versus uh, Drew Brees in the college level, where one has fewer turnovers and touchdowns, but the other has, you know, more more of both as well. You know, and both Which, are doing very what's well. What's the this word year, on him? But it's going to be interesting to like, see.
1: Is he expected to be to be fine for this? He's a sophomore. Uh, I think he's a no, no, no. I mean, um, just for the game.
0: I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, I think he said he's 80 to 85% on his ankle. So he should be fine for this. Uh, It changes everything if Jalen Hurts comes in for me. Uh, But, I mean, he did come in and beat Georgia. They were able to pull it off for him, which is really impressive. But you're not a big Jalen Hurts guy. Against Oklahoma's defense. I know I wasn't a big uh, Jalen Hurts guy going back to last year. But, you know, with Oklahoma's defense, you never know. uh, Bama has two running backs – Damian Harris and Najee Harris. And they both average over six yards to carry and Oklahoma lets up over four yards to carry, you know, so they could almost just do the time of possession control the game, you know, with that. And if with Hertz in the backfield, he is a better runner than Tagalogovos. So you could almost have like three weapons running against Oklahoma's defense that gets shredded consistently. You know what I mean? So that that's another way they could win. So I'm not going to count them out if Hertz is in, but I think that there's a lower chance of them winning all right so so alabama's With ranked. Women,
1: you know um <clears throat> let's see they're ranked fifth in the nation for offense right and mm-hmm. oklahoma's ranked 124th for defense right so that's a huge margin but you're yes. saying that if they put hurts in that changes mm-hmm. everything for you so what so where it changes a good
0: amount you, it changes a good amount because i don't
1: think alabama's offense falls in rankings <clears throat> for you then
0: well, I mean, I still think that they're – just because how good of an offense they have and the recruits they have around them, you know, and the players they have, I think that they'd just fall maybe – they'd still be probably top right. 25, top so 30 overall. Just they would have more rushing yards overall. They would control the game a little bit more. And Hurts – I mean, there'd still be people wide open down the field because they have the athletes – you know, in certain competitions, teams they play aren't as good. You know what I mean? So their offense would still be powerful. I just don't think okay. it'd be as powerful. So you'd still, you'd still you, give you know the tip
1: mean? of your hat to uh, Alabama, but you just think that it'd be more, more of, more possible for Oklahoma to squeak it out. Okay, which is fair. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair.
0: Let's let's put it this way: like the the line right now with avoa as the starting quarterback is minus fourteen. I think that line may shift to like you know maybe,
1: which is still eight. A, eight that's nine, still a pretty you know, almost. They're Almost cut in and not fully.
0: <laughs> yeah, I still, I still think just yeah. overall that defense will give, you know, it's some fits. I think that Oklahoma's going to be able to put up points, and so do the odds makers with 77.5 over under. But I think that um, Alabama would still be able to compete with them just because Oklahoma's not going to get many stops against them. You know what I mean? It's pretty much just like a, it's going to be a shootout, and it's going to be interesting how it's going to play out. But I don't think that they'd be able to stop their offense, even with Hurts as quarterback, I still think that it'd be able to work. It'd just be more running game, running dependent. Now, if they start throwing yeah. out of the offense, then I don't. I don't think that much is going to happen unless it's short stuff. <clears throat> so, uh, I'm going to transition to the next game, uh, which is the early game, the Cotton Bowl, Notre Dame versus Clemson. And the first thing that I think about, uh, I guess I'll start with uh, Notre Dame, is that uh, Brian Kelly's had a hell of a year, you know, coaching, and he's been. He's gotten Notre Dame back to where they were. He coached Cincinnati back in the day um, a few didn't years ago, and he Cincinnati was ranked consistently. That's when the Big East was didn't he thing. get them into like the top. So 10? he's a good, yeah. I think he did get them in the top ten at one point. I think they went um, yeah. probably the Orange Bowl because that's, that's the bowl what got time him, and and that, had him that coaching time. job. But I mean, he was very impressive. He's a good recruiter, so yeah, yeah. And that's what Notre Dame. And then he had a few rough years. You know, I still don't think he has a an amazing quarterback yet but he's improved the team enough to get them to where they are today. Some say that, you know, maybe they didn't deserve to be in or maybe they should have a lower ranking just because that they don't play in a conference bowl game, even though in my mind they're pretty much in the ACC because they have, they're contractually obligated to play five games, but they have a TV deal with NBC. That's the only reason they're not in the uh, ACC or they're, because they're in the ACC everything else. So it would have been interesting. I'm, my point is it would have been interesting to see them versus Clemson in the ACC championship game rather yeah. than – uh, oh first yeah. that's what i'm trying to get to that that's what that's no, what the magic would a, have been that's an because every out. other sport other than hockey and football they would have been in the ACC, i've seriously never even so thought about that in the that ACC would so.
1: that would eliminate that yeah so that's that for us yeah and
0: that's why you know that's why they're saying they should be in a conference or something like that because they have to face a team you know and teams are playing 13 games rather than 12 than their name play and that's what would have – well, that's what we would have seen. You know, it's either they been in the same division where they would have played Clemson in the regular season or different divisions and played in the conference championship. So that's just something to look forward to in the future potentially. I don't know. You know, the money in the, with NBC for Notre Dame, you know, it, there's no reason for them to pull out unless they can work a deal out. So that's just one thing that would have been interesting to see overall in the regular season. But here we are. <laughs> so um, I guess the storylines for the first game – it's going to be, I guess, well, let's start with this. The two quarterbacks on these two teams, Ian Book and Trevor Lawrence, were started the season off as backups. I wasn't sure if you knew that. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, now that they haven't had a full season, you know, our off season of being getting the first team reps and they got it in the middle of the season. where And, and they had to uh, grow from that to get to where they are today. So it's just going to be interesting to see that. Um, I think that Notre Dame has a pretty good defense overall. And their run game—they're gonna have to rely on the defense and run game and slow the ball down. I think I don't—I wouldn't want to give Clemson too many offensive opportunities, and that's that plays right in the hands, I guess, of Clemson because their front seven is supposed to be one of the best in the uh, best in the college football in college football, and they're uh, they have four defensive linemen that could go in the first round. One of them, Trevor uh, Dexter Lawrence, is suspended though for um, steroid usage, so they're gonna have three. Uh, defensive linemen, which is still very impressive, who are potential first-round picks to try to stop Notre Dame's run attack and get to Ian Book. So that's what I see there. Um, the quarterbacks just have regular numbers. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had 2,600 yards, 24 touchdowns, and four interceptions as a true freshman. That's pretty impressive. It's only 64 uh, complete per- completion percentage, but it's just not, it's not like – I don't know. He hasn't had to win a game for him yet, yeah. if that makes sense. You know, And then Ian Book, he has 2,400 yards, 70% completion percentage, but only 19 touchdowns and six interceptions. And I think whenever I was watching him against Pitt, he looks to run the ball too much rather than trusting his arm. So you're not going to be able to do that against Clemson's front seven. So I'm interested to see how they: going to work out. Because
1: um, I feel like I've seen clips of uh, that Clemson quarterback just like flying down the field. He
0: runs a little bit. He can move around a little bit, but he's not really known as a huge runner. Okay. He only had 151 just yards has speed on the year, you know, but he okay. has – yeah. Yeah, he has some speed, if he, and he has uh, maneuverability in the backfield. Uh, but we'll see how it goes this year. I'm, I'm excited for this game as well just because I've seen both teams play. I think Clemson looks far more impressive in person just because they're front seven. They, they can get through the line, you know what I mean? Notre Dame's line is yeah. going to have to hold up against them. And I, don't, I, think, I think this game might be an actual blowout. Uh, in Clemson's favor. I could be wrong about it. And the only way I see Notre Dame winning this is uh, Brian Kelly having a very good offensive plan and being able to pick apart uh, Clemson's defense with Ian Book, but I don't think much of Ian Book. Just As of right now, he's a young quarterback, and like I said, he wasn't a starter earlier in the year, but he has a decent arm, but he looks to run too much, and with Clemson's front seven, they're going to be giving you pressure, so if you feel pressure and you're going to get spooked out of the pocket early on, you're not going to be completing many balls downfield, I don't think. You're going to take a few sacks, and that's just going to kill Kill drives. And I think Clemson, even with uh, Dexter Lawrence being out with a suspension, he, uh, they're still going to get to him. And I think, uh, ooh, Travis Etienne. He's he's a running back to to keep your eye out on this game. He's averaging eight point three yards per carry. has twenty one touchdowns, and it he has fourteen hundred yards this year as a running back. He's just a high. He's an explosive player, and he's a home run hitter. So that's someone that I think that Clemson's going to rely on. Consistently, both teams have decent run attacks, and that's what they're gonna to have to rely on. I don't think Notre Dame's gonna be able to stop ETN as much as Clemson's gonna be able to stop uh, Ian Book and Notre Dame's offense. I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I just um, want to get your final take on this for, uh, football. Oh, okay, the over, uh, let's go, um, so they're saying Clemson has a minus thirteen point spread and Alabama has a minus fourteen point spread against Oklahoma. Which one, I guess, what would you take in each game, point spread wise? Like, who who would you take with the spread? I guess
1: each game. Um, I would take uh, Clemson with the spread. Yeah, I you take Clemson take with the spread?
0: though. You think it's gonna be a closer game then? What uh, I guess, what scores would you say for these games if you have to come up with them? Like, or how close each game would be? Mm.
1: I, <clears throat> I, know, I'm just, I think that Alabama squeaks out like – not squeaks out. I say that they end up winning by like 10 points. That's why I wouldn't give them the spread mm-hmm. on that one. But I think Clemson's going to win by, by two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think the same thing. I think that Clemson will win, like, a 35-21 game, you know, where there's some scoring, but it's not, like, getting out of hand. And then I think um, Bama would probably win, like, 42-35, yeah. something like that, where there's, you know, just high scoring. and But it's still yeah. under the 14-point spread. And it um, ESPN is saying that Bama has a 72% chance to beat Oklahoma. So <clears throat> that's that's pretty high chance. You know, I mean, it's almost three-fourths, and then it's almost the same chance for Clemson over Notre Dame. So – It'll be interesting to see this play out. Um Clemson Nethernames at four o'clock tomorrow and Alabama, Oklahoma's at eight. So keep your eye out for that. So transitioning. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the NBA. We just had a Christmas Day, that's where we play you know, they play five NBA games and they all the stars are on display for everyone. So let me give me
1: your uh, NBA update Yeah, right now. so Unfortunately, Adam, this was the first year that uh, we could not watch the Cleveland Cavaliers on Christmas Day. So instead, I was watching the Los Angeles Lakers. And um, they pulled out a pretty strong win against Golden State. But I don't think that's a big Mm -hmm. deal. Um, I mean, LeBron did go down with an injury that ended up just being deemed a, a sprain and he's gonna be out for a couple games. So, no big worries there, but um that's been a story of this year. Is Golden State uh getting beat uh just i mean they've lost thirteen games this year they're twenty three and thirteen, and it's been shown that teams can beat them, but the question is whether or not this is just because it's regular season, and they're not fully in it. but the Toronto Raptors did sweep Golden State in their series this year. They won two games and they didn't even have Kawhi in one of those. So uh, that's kind of the storyline this year is the Raptors actually looking legit, being the best team in the league with their 26 and 10 right now. And Golden State just looking more beatable during the regular season than they have years past. So those are the big headlines. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, now, the question is whether or not this actually carries weight since it's again the regular season it's the age long debate of how soon is too soon to really analyze this stuff and freak out about these games mm-hmm. and the importance of them so yeah, yeah, I get that um yeah i I think
0: personally just overall, I think Golden State's going to be fine just because they've gone the last what, three or four years, right, um, to the finals, they've been pretty good. I think they're just cruising through the regular season, you know, and they're going to have to work out some bumps. You know, if you look at Cleveland the last, what, two or three years while LeBron was there, he always had really slow end of December, early yeah. January, you know, games, just because it was just in the middle of the season. Like he had – those were his worst numbers during the year where this time exactly, you know what I mean? So I think Golden State might be doing that overall as a team, just like, okay, well, we've done this before. We've played, you know – X amount of games more than everyone else, you know, just stuff like that. So I think that that's potentially where they are right now. Sort of how LeBron was, you know, in the um, previous years. and Then, like once February hits, they'll probably turn it on and get a one or two see I don't think they really care. I think they care more about health than just getting the kinks worked out overall. But I don't, I don't think there's too much to worry about. But you talked about Toronto and you talked about Golden State. So where do you, um, I guess, who do you see potentially in the finals this year? And then we have Denver leading the Western Conference in the, with the one seed tied with Golden State but they have the one seed tiebreaker. W- who do you think, you know, has well, potential to win Nuggets all this are, year in I mean, the East and mind West because
1: you- this will probably change tonight but the Nuggets are actually in first-handedly because Golden State lost in overtime last night. I mm-hmm. they're um playing Portland and I'm visiting my brother. I'm in Portland right now so I stayed up to watch that game in OT. But mm-hmm. Portland pulled off the victory, but again, it's like what you were saying where, I mean, there's no concerns with the Warriors. Like, they looked like they handed back – every game that I feel like I see them lose, it almost feels like they hand the game to the other team. It's just because, like, they miss the open shots that they should be making kind of thing, you know. A lot of the times it's just you holding Mm -hmm. the breath while as a fan cheering against them, it's me holding the breath while they're on the offensive end, hoping that they don't get that easy score that they can with all five players on the court, any one of them. And then also holding your breath on the other side of the court to see if you can get a decent look against their defense. So I'm not worried there. But Toronto, I think, is legit in the East. And I do think that they're – I don't know. I, I think that they're gonna come out on top in the East. Even though Boston Boston started mm-hmm. off slow. They're coming on real hot right now with Kyrie stepping up and becoming a leader for that team. Um I would I'm not worried about the seventy sixers after that Jimmy Butler trade. Uh they still just look like they don't have enough depth or they just don't have enough like there's just something that they're lacking. I can't necessarily, like, put my finger on it, mm-hmm. but it's just, like, they have fun guys to watch, and I I'd love watching them, but I'm not, like, scared of them. Um, whereas, like, the mm-hmm. Bucks and the Celtics, I think, actually pose a legitimate threat in the East to the Raptors right now. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to come down to Raptors-Celtics. I mean, that sounds... That's kind of what we predicted at the beginning of the season, but I I give the upper hand to the Raptors, and I'd be more surprised if the Celtics ended up going to the finals. And then from the from okay. the West, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to give it to the Warriors. I'm not, I'd be surprised, very surprised if any team knocks them off. But um, like you said, the Nuggets are sitting in first. I think they're a great team, but... They're a team that I wouldn't be scared of, and to match up against in the in the uh, Western Conference Finals or anything like that. The Rockets started off real mm-hmm. slow, and now they're they're finally catching heat again. They're eight and two in their last ten games, and they're back in the playoff hunt in the seventh spot. And OKC looks better than they did last year. They look they look really nice this year, Adam. So you've got to be happy with that. Paul George is thriving in OKC right now. And it looks like Russell Westbrook is finally, like, really just – I don't – not really, but, like, it looks like he's more so comfortable with scoring less points a night if it means that his team's going to win. His scoring's down. He's, like, only averaging 20 points a game this year. And, I mean, he's still averaging Mm -hmm. his triple-double like he always does, but his points per game are down, like – five points from last year and 10 points from two years ago. So yeah. it seems like he's really bought into like, if we need to win, then I'm going to, I'm going to let Paul George make some more plays. So, mm. I mean, yeah. I, that was a roundabout. Yeah, way I, to I just uh, talk about uh, all my thoughts. I didn't really have a structure there, but yeah. Well, that's all right.
0: What about uh, LA? Yeah. Lakers. the Lake,
1: Dude. I in the west I'm, before we i'm actually impressed with them like i thought that they would definitely mm. like make the playoffs because they have lebron i thought that they would maybe have like the sixth seed at best like eighth spot probably going into the mm. playoffs but right now they're sitting in the fifth spot yeah. and they're only two and a half games back from the number one spot I mean, part of that is just, like, the West being kind of weird this year, where you have, like, the Pelicans as the second-worst team, and then above them is the Timberwolves, the Jazz, and the Jazz, who both made it last year. And Spurs. Yeah, the Spurs are out, but they're in the ninth spot right now. So they're, like, kind of back in it. But anyways, regardless of how crazy it's been in the West this year, I'm impressed with the Lakers. Especially with how they were able to pull mm-hmm. off that win against uh, Golden State with LeBron out in half of the third in the fourth quarter. And they won handedly. They mm-hmm. won by like 20 points. So 26. It was 26 yeah. Yeah. So they finally have Rondo back. Rondo mm-hmm. honestly seems like a difference maker. He's a leader out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I think he
1: just had surgery today
0: on his uh, right uh, ring finger. He's going to be out for a month. He's out, He's out again? again? Yeah. That that happened today, yeah. Yeah, I'll be out for another one. Is it month. the same finger? It's his right ring finger. I'm not sure what's the first one. Yeah, I thought it was hand. It was it like could have been. It was his hand. Yeah. I didn't know if it was his finger or what, but wow. That that yeah. sucks, man. So that's another month without Rondo. Because I yeah. think he's a huge
1: piece for them. But um the Lakers mm-hmm. I so, I, I remember, I think we talked about this last year. I forget if we were on air or off air, but I was not sold on Kuzma at that point, and you were. And mm-hmm. I had not oh, watched yeah. enough. I don't know if it's because I just had not watched enough about him or on him or what, but I think out of Lonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma, and Hart, I think Kuzma is their top piece to keep. If they're looking to trade and make a deal, I, I think he looks nice. He's, he's a lot longer and lengthier than I thought. And he can, he can really score a bucket when you need it. Whereas Ingram, I, I was hoping for a bigger, he had a, a, you know, kind of a freshman mediocre performance for his year, especially being drafted number two. And then he had a big Mm -hmm. jump last year and it looked like he made a sophomore leap and i was expecting more out of him in his mm. in his third year i thought that he was going to make another big leap but we just haven't seen that yet out of him so what i okay just um what i would say about
0: that overall i you know i still think that kuzma is the best player on the team other than lebron james obviously you know but uh something that would also make sense for not trading kuzma over like an ingram or someone else like that would be that when oh ingram gosh. plays with lebron his numbers are significantly worse <laughs> yeah. than they are whenever he's playing by himself so if you trade him you know you he's not performing up to what he could potentially when he's with lebron whether that's you know because lebron is the main ball handler and sometimes ingram does a good job playing point forward something, well, it, something like it that it goes you know both I mean? ways Adam, so that's what
1: you know the just the he, lakers in general their production is better whenever they just have lebron on the court and not Ingram with him in that, mm-hmm. in that five-man lineup.
0: Yeah, and I still think Ingram could be a
1: potentially good player, yeah. and he is a good player, you know, but he could be, you know,
0: the next-level kind of guy, but it's just – I don't know. It's just almost like Ben Simmons and uh, LeBron. If he went to Philly, Ben Simmons' numbers wouldn't mm-hmm. be as good as either. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like, they their games are very similar, so one's going to take over the other. They're going to – Well, and know, that's, that's been a problem anywhere LeBron's
1: went. I mean, like you saw how – Mm -hmm. they ended up pulling off that Kyrie Irving trade and we got Jameson, or we got Jay Crowder as a part of that deal and Mm -hmm. Jay Crowder just did not work out in Cleveland because he plays the same position as LeBron so we ended up we had to trade him to Utah and he's been playing well for Utah he's been thriving there and he was thriving in Boston before Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with Ingram it's just like it's It's tough to transition to play with LeBron because it's a different game, but it's even more tough for the people who play the same position as LeBron because you just have to completely adapt your game. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, so I just wanted to get that in with with
0: LA. Uh, I'm going to start with the West overall, just contenders I think are there and... Um, I'm going to say, you know, start off with LA is a contender in my mind. I think that they could potentially win it if they can get through the East or through the West. Um, They would have to – I don't know if they can beat Golden State in a series. They would have to almost have like the Rockets beat them and then beat the Rockets or like the Thunder beat Golden State and go that way. I don't think they could beat – just like with their youth, you know what I mean? And since Golden State's veteran, they've gone multiple times, they've won it, you know what I mean? It's sort of like that hurdle you have to leap over. So to beat them, you're going to need a little bit more experience, I feel like, personally. But I think that L.A. could be a contender, especially if Golden State somehow gets knocked off or an injury happens to someone like Kevin yeah. Durant or Steph Curry. Um, my number one contender in the West is Golden State, like I mentioned before, just because they're dominant. Um, they've won it multiple years, you know, and they have KD. They still have a loaded team. They have a good bench. They're just going through them. I think they're going through the motions right now, figuring out who they are as a team because it fluctuates. DeMarcus Cousins is going to come back. Now we'll see if there's any headaches with that or if he just comes back and just is very productive, you know. But they're going to have to get used to that in the coming months, just, you know, rotation-wise, just understanding what's going on. Draymond's playing more of a center role right now, so he's going to move the power forward. And it's just going to be a little mix, you know what I mean, just see how Boogie's uh, transition comes back from the Achilles, playing consistent minutes and stuff like that. So that's something that you keep your eye out for for Golden State. But they are getting another all-star back in their team. So it's going to be, you know, it's good.
1: The yeah. risk i'm gonna be that, I'm interested know? to see how that works out then, just because <clears throat> like one i I don't think it can hurt them, you know, like I said before, he's been on the team <clears throat> for so long now, and I mean, yeah, he hasn't been in the lineup, so you don't know about the headaches that come with that, but it seems <clears throat> like he's adapted to their culture pretty well, but I'm just interested to see if it makes them better, how much better it makes them because no one's really come off an Achilles' injury like being the same as they were before, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, it's just always known that you are, you know, half of what you were at or, you know, Mm -hmm. three quarters of what you were before, which Boogie was incredible. So I wonder if it Mm -hmm. will really give them that centerpiece. That's just 100% makes Golden State untouchable. Or if it's just going to be another like JaVale McGee, but a little bit. You know, more mm-hmm. polished, obviously, but you know what I'm saying? More yeah. of a role player. I think I think it's going to be big for them in the sense that,
0: you know, Rocket, the Rockets won't be able to go big on them, who's another contender in my mind, with Clint Capella. You know what I mean? Like, he'll be yeah. able to body Clint Capella and actually control him a little bit off the boards and then Steven Adams from OKC, it's going to be, help them yeah. with matchups potentially, you know what I mean? If teams are playing small ball, they can play small ball without Boogie or with Boogie, you know, but you know, more than likely without. But if they try to go big on them, they can put DeMarcus Cousins in there, and that's going to hurt them as well. That's how the Lakers, you know, I think – I don't – who's that one guy with the Lakers? I don't even know his name. I think he's like the third-string oh, center. the white kid? Oh, uh, the, the tall white yeah. guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, he had a pretty good game against the Warriors, and – a, a large part of that is because they don't have a big guy to yeah. really match up with that, you know? Like when the Cavs faced them, it was or
1: Which is weird because low, Golden was State's just... never had that advantage to to throw out there at other teams, you know? And it seemed like no one mm-hmm. really took advantage of that uh, weak spot of Golden State yeah. because they were just too good on the uh, small ball lineup that they couldn't. Yeah. His name's Ivaka
0: Zubaka. Zubak, and uh, he's 21 years old. But yeah, I know I mean, they have
1: Mo Mo exactly. Wagner too. Exact- they drafted him out of uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. oh sorry, but that's something else. I was else. Just gonna say that's Go why ahead. I think Toronto's like legit. Where if they made it to the finals against Golden State, that they could, I mean, that they could actually take it to six games. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, th- it would be against the odds for them to pull out a a victory in that series. But I think that they could easily take it six six games because they have that lineup where they can go big or small. They have so much depth. And every player that they have is just like average to above average. And then they have Kawhi and Kyle Lowry. So it's like that's their Mm -hmm. huge advantage where Golden State has – Little to no depth. And Mm -hmm. they have someone who can guard Durant, and that's going to be huge. That's
0: the biggest mismatch that Golden State has because no one can really guard Durant other than a Kawhi or potentially Greek Freak or Anthony Davis or LeBron occasionally, but he can't do it. It's hard to do it and put up numbers. And that's something Kawhi's been able to do throughout his career, whether he's facing LeBron or Durant. He can put up numbers, his offensive numbers consistently, and he can still guard at a high level. That's something that's
1: rare in this league. And that's why Kawhi is so sought after. I I will mention that I I was listening to the Hoop Collective uh, with Brian Winhurst and they mentioned this. I I didn't look into this stat, but they were saying everyone says that Kawhi's a top defensive player, which he is, and that he's known for being a LeBron stopper, right? And he is. Mm -hmm. But people just automatically associate that with if he's a LeBron stopper, he's also a KD stopper. And apparently, like, they were mentioning that Out of the past, like, you know, six games that they've had head to head matchups, like KD has just gotten the -hmm. better half of Kawhi. Like, that Mm -hmm. Kawhi isn't the premier defensive stopper like he is on LeBron as he is for KD. So I'd be interested to look at that actually.
0: Mm -hmm. My last memory of those two playing is in uh, the Western semifinals. Golden State versus the Spurs, and they were up right. 20 before Kawhi got hurt with Zaza taking out his leg, and he was dominating that game. And that's like the last meaningful game they faced e- against each other. So yeah. that's what I was going off of, you know, picture wise in my head. And he was dominating him. Like KD wasn't getting much done, and Kawhi was getting, yeah. you know, I mean, they were up 20. The Spurs were up 20, and that's all they had was Kawhi. So that's, you know, that's what I was relating that towards. But I mean, it's interesting uh, that you brought that up with Wind Horse's topic. And yeah, I don't how, know.
1: I mean, it's, you know, it's I never feel Kawhi, like is probably the <clears throat> best defender that you'd want to put on KD. But it's just – yeah, it's interesting because I didn't, I didn't know that, what they were referencing. So, mm-hmm. And, I mean, KD
0: is, you know, probably the most unguardable well, yeah. player. And
1: he's like – Just because he can shoot from 40 well, out and hit, you know, and he can also – He's, seven he's also foot, seven so seven he footer, can – And you know, he so like, has such a quick release yeah. that he can always shoot over you. It's so annoying. Yeah, so – Yes, it is. It is.
0: Um, But the other team I have, oh, I have uh, Houston and OKC as well as potential threats in the West. And I have OKC at three, LA at four, but I feel like Houston with James Harden right now, he's on a tear. He's on an absolute tear. I think his last 10 games, he's averaging like 39 points a game. He's he's carrying them back and bringing them back to life. And once they get Chris Paul back, you know, he's a team player and he's going to help them with defense and offense. So it's going to be even better. I think they're gonna make a run. I think that I feel like it's gonna be, you know, a Houston two C Golden State one seed by the end of the year. We'll see how it ends up. But yeah, I feel like Houston's gonna really ramp it up soon. Um but we'll see. I mean they lost a few defenders and that's gonna be interesting to see where that plays out. But James Harden's playing at an M V P level again and he's I mean he's averaging five more points than Kevin Durant and or four more points than Kevin Durant and it's pretty impressive. Like he's blo- – and yeah. KD's too, you know, in scoring this year. So he's also carrying the load for assists with fifth in the NBA at 8.3 assists per game. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if he burns out or not. I think having Chris Ball back will help him out. He won't have to take as much burden of scoring, but we'll see. And then in the East, I have the same teams as you, other than I have Philly in instead of uh, Milwaukee. I don't think that – I mean – take away the Greek freak and what, what's Milwaukee pretty much in my mind, you know? So we'll see really? how that goes. I know he's having an amazing year this year, but I, he's not an extremely out, good outside shooter yet. You know what I mean? So I don't know if, I don't know. I don't, I'm not buying Milwaukee really? right now.
1: I'm interested you say that because you're, yeah. you're a big guy on, um, <clears throat> on coaches and everything like that. And I think that with Mike Brunheiser, Holzer as their head coach, like it's just changed them completely like they're finally Mm -hmm. before it was like thinking milwaukee has so much talent and they have the greek freak like they should be so much better than the eighth spot in the east and now Mm -hmm. it's finally they have a good coach a good system in place and it makes sense it's like oh okay milwaukee's up there at the two spot like this finally makes sense i don't know i think that having him as their head coach this year makes a huge difference and i think that I would disagree with you in saying that they do have talent outside of uh, outside of Giannis. I mean, they mm-hmm. with Eric Bledsoe didn't show up in the playoffs last year, but he's a I would give him an average to above average point guard spot. And then Chris Middleton and um, Brogdon are solid, solid wing players for them who can knock down threes and defend and then they also they added uh brooke lopez this year which like brooke his nba career is kind of tainted because he played for the nets for so long and just like hasn't been a winner but he's like mm-hmm. he's been knocking down threes this year for them he shoots like seven threes a game for them and he's actually been i've he, seen that. It, it looks so weird. awkward right. but he makes them yeah. but mm-hmm. uh yeah katie of the east <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the poor man the poor man not stable. so fast <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah no i i think that they actually look legit and then they they now have george hill as a solid backup point card for them i was super happy that we made that trade
0: mm,
1: got a first yeah. round pick out of it yeah. which is nice and then delhi exactly. you know fan favorite i mean but... the first round picks it's, it's protected like most first round picks are in the NBA, but mm-hmm. yeah it's still there though and, and then we got Dele out of it and I think Henson's a good player that we could flip for something else if we don't keep him but I mean Henson mm-hmm. and Delhi are the reason we got that deal is because Henson and Dele are on 10 mil contracts and they're locked up for next year so that was considered bad money mm-hmm. for the Bucks. but for the Cavs it makes a lot of sense because Dele's a fan favorite and we don't have a lot going on for us right now so we're no, no, hopefully you get Zion or oh Barrett, gosh, right? Dude, I, Fingers crossed I, on those two. I would be more than happy with either one, but I would love to have Zion. That's why it's so weird this year because yeah. it's back to being a, uh, a fan hoping that your team does bad. Like right now, right now we're in the last spot in the NBA, and I'm so happy about it. <laughs> yeah, if you get one of those top two guys, oh it, it can really just change yeah. your team. For years to come, it's, yeah. And and that's the thing. I'm happy but, um, with, uh, with how Sexton has played, especially since we finally, like, committed to just going young and working on rebuilding this year. Mm-hmm. Like, he beat LeBron and Kyrie's record as rookies for the Cavs for the longest, like, double-digit point scoring streak. He had, like, 17 or something. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, he makes the right shots and he can knock down but he's not our, our centerpiece. So that's why we need Mm. to land either one of those Duke studs because he's still, I don't know if you've watched him play at him, but Sexton, he honestly looks like he's like a really solid, like he's like a really solid junior high player. And he gets called up to like the high school game, the high school pickup games. And it's like, (laughs) yeah he can knock down mm-hmm. he can hold his own but like he still looks like a boy amongst men so we yeah. need that other pick but that's just my little tangent
0: mm-hmm. on the cast, so you think he you know potentially like a a robin to a batman
1: like a zion or baird or someone like that is that what you're saying i don't like even think two he's piece? a good two-piece honestly like i think he's a good player i do okay i think he's solid he makes the right decisions yeah. he has good sh- he has good shots um but I think that he's just going to be a solid role player in this league. I don't think that he's going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. But but again, okay. like I said, this is like, what, 40 games into the season, and this is his rookie career. So mm-hmm. it's way too early to tell. Yeah. But from what he's been given us, that's what I would have to say. Mm-hmm. But who am I?
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, that uh, that about does it for us today, unless there's another topic you want to talk about before no, we No, man, out.
1: I, I mean, I'm itching to talk about, like, NFL football, playoffs, the Browns, but I think uh, we'll have to save that for next week once the playoffs are set, right?
0: Yeah, I think that we can do that. We can definitely do that. We'll recap the Browns' season, um, potentially what we talked about, you know, the quarterbacks that we talked about the year before. Um, Baker, obviously, and then the draft class and then just potential, you know, what's going to happen in the playoffs and then potential draft picks in the future and just what we see happening, you know, especially with Herbert going back to school yeah. with Oregon. What's going to happen with the quarterback position? I mean, Haskins is going to be, a, I believe, a top 10 pick. And then where where do we go from there? You know, is Murray going to go? Is he going to choose football potentially and, you know, go in the first two rounds like some are projecting, projecting or, you know, what else? But we'll, we'll get that, I think, yeah. next week. Then, I'd right? love to, man. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you for listening in and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week.